Did Enzo's mic go off, or is he just miming? I think he's just miming. He's miming. <laughs> no, I'm not. You <laughs> <laughs> forgot to pretend to breathe, Enzo. Yeah, that's... <laughs> no, I, you know I know? Because you wouldn't fucking Vogue if you thought your mic was broken. You would... <laughs> <laughs> Angel, like, I can't time. hear you. Hold on, let me pop and lock. <laughs> <laughs> I talk with my neck. Woke up in a lucid dream. Now we're hunting for the shards. We might be an oddball team. But at least we've got no Welcome to World Walkers, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast. I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers. Previously, the group arrived at the merchant city of Hollum on a quest to find the protection they needed to survive the fields of the Forgotten. We join them now as they figure out what to do with a dozing druid on the artificial sands of Whitestone Beach. It's the middle of the night. Most of you have gotten uh, what seems like more sleep than you've ever gotten in your life, but really it's uh, you, you got eight hours of sleep, so you're down to only the first level of exhaustion, which is a disadvantage on skill checks. No. Ertleby looks well-rested, and Tompkins is sleeping like a baby. You find Tompkins pretty easy to wake up, but um, Ertleby's so tucked in you feel like especially since olivia's not here maybe it's best if you just <laughs> leave her on the beach nice and tucked in in a sand blanket all right but you can like guarantee that we can leave her on the yes beach yes the yes okay. she is she is safe there's not gonna be like a a pile of sand where she used to be or some like deep groove and it's like where's Ertleby? unless olivia says you know what i really want is an extra episode then i'll be like yes ma'am <laughs> Yeah, it's probably like one in the morning by the time you uh, officially stir. So what is the group doing? Like I said, it'll be safe. You know you're far enough away, so you're okay just leaving her here and just letting her stay in Grandma Night Nightland. The amount of rest that we had has given Tin a whole new, uh, shall we say, laser focus on the situation. So she would turn to the group kind of... If you imagine, like, in a war movie where she's making hand gestures and she's she's basically saying, uh, we need to get in, get out. I don't think we necessarily have as much time to be as tactful as we have been in the past. So, yeah, let's do this. Are we not going to the pastry district, Tompkins says, with a little bit of a worry in his tone? Uh, Vasa speaks over Tompkins and just says, but we can't be too hasty. We don't want to end up in another jail. Tin, <laughs> tin, kind of is like gunslinger trigger. <laughs> oh, was that a snap? Was that supposed to be a snap? It wasn't meant to be. It was just more her just being like, just inter- completely legit, yeah. cautious. Yeah, but yeah. tin obviously feels a little bit of a personal stab right there. Yeah, a little bit, just a little bit. I, she doesn't have a good track record. <laughs> Jails. We've actually been we've been in jails like fairly like we got in jail in that city jail in the next city let's let's not go three for three those are that's our dungeon part of the Dungeons and Dragons so <laughs> Voss is like what if we split up into groups of two and pr- browse the taverns we're you know we're not trying to engage in fights here we're trying to buy 
these these talismans. I can distribute equals amount of gold to each of us, and we just agree to meet at the the gates come dawn. With or without the the thing? Do we have a choice? Um, is it better to hoof it and have the talismans, or is it better to not have the talismans, talismans, but get to the field in you know a short amount of time? Do we remember if we're even allowed back in the city at night, or did they close the gates at night? I think it was mentioned, but I don't remember. Tompkins thinks, and he says, well, you used to be able to come and go as you please, and I know the airships come at all hours of the night, so we should be able to be able, we should be able to walk back in. Okay. Well, I mean, we can just try. It's not like, it doesn't hurt yeah, to yeah. try. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes it does hurt to try. <laughs> uh, of course, splitting off is always very dangerous. Yeah, Brummelstone would, would be hesitant with the last split up, and as long as maybe we have a key point, we discuss now where to meet versus yeah, yeah, yeah like the saying. Well, why don't we meet place? back at Ertleby? At um, Ertleby <laughs> Hill. First one to yeah. Grandma wins. What if we do this? Um, we have roughly a day, so you know, twenty-four hours, quote unquote. What if we split off for three hours, and then we meet up somewhere, and then we go as a group towards the most promising lead. There you go. Perfect. I like that idea. If okay. one of so, us, if there's trouble, should one of us leave the other behind uh, instead of getting in scraps and fights and you stuff? You definitely leave the person behind, Tompkins. Well, uh, no, I know this sounds like me being like scared and running away, um, but I mean more of that like, you know, if let's say two of us wandered off and got thrown in jail, how would we know? We wouldn't know where they were. Isn't it better for us to Make sure someone gets back and tells the story. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. That yeah. makes me just Tin, not want to split up at all. Yeah. Tin kind of puts her finger in the air and she's like, because she's not a master strategist or anything, but she kind of has an idea of if Brummelstone, and she says, if Brummelstone and I are in separate groups, we both have the ability to create thunder waves, which create a loud boom. And if we agree to use that in some kind of emergency, it would maybe alert other team members where we are or that there is trouble. Tompkins is shaking his head. He's like, no, that's only an audio cue. We would need a visual cue to be able to actually go there. None of us are good enough to be able to follow the sound to its precise location. Uh, speak for yourself, Tompkins. This is basically... It's it's a big city. I know that, like, I mean... I believe in you and stuff like that. But I'm just saying that it's a big, big city, much bigger than it was when I was here. And I just think that, like, one loud clap of thunder isn't going to help us know what happened, especially if we get caught or something like that and dragged off somewhere. Maybe the, like, the, the, the better divide is to do two parties of three, or I guess one of three and one of two. Two parties of three. With a with a yeah. mage and lightning is a visual cue, right? Like if you can cast lightning upwards. That's yeah, that would be better. Yeah, but I know that you guys like to cast that that really scary cage that doesn't hold anything, and that won't go up high enough. Fog cloud. I don't think it's a fog cloud. It's more of like a lightning cage of death. Thunder wave. Sure. I mean, you guys call it what you want. I don't. I don't know. I'm going to call it Fog Cloud. Let's just not get into that much trouble, guys. How hard can it be? And then Vasa looks at every single one of the team. <laughs> not Brummelstone, because Brummelstone seems to be pretty decent about this, but Reforto, Tin, Tompkins. A little bit of Ertleby side-eye. Yeah, yeah like the, there's a scale above each person of how likely they are to get arrested. 
<laughs> Tompkins oh. looks at Tina. Like, Can you believe that? <laughs> Tin just looks at everyone, and she actually just like, uh, uh, but then like turns to Tompkins and is like, okay. So you're going to do the taken technique. If something ever happens, you just start yelling whatever you see and where they're taking you until we can't hear you anymore. Just describe gonna, what's happening. They're going to they're take yes. you, Tompkins. They're going to take you. Why? I just need to describe what's happening. I don't know who they are, but I, we will find them. <laughs> I want to be in the three group. We're already a three group. There's five of us. There's six of us. Ertlebee's coming along. Oh, just- I thought we were leaving her here and letting her sleep. Are we doing that? Outside the game, we talked about it because, like, she. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> yeah, because yeah, yeah. she can't run off. She's so old she's and not she's being evil. played. Oh, that too. <laughs> I like the idea that we would all be quietly whispering over her. <laughs> <laughs> like, just carrying her. Like, yeah. I'm just wearing her as a backpack. Yeah. <laughs> she's more trouble than she's worth. Granny on the go for when you need yeah. comfort and a little bit of a hug. <laughs> what do you call that thing? The swaddle? I just, like, have it yes. on the back. <laughs> Grandma chic. (laughs) Tompkins grabs his shield and he's like, well, I'm ready. He puts it on like a backpack and kind of like puts it on his shoulders. I'm going to stick with Brummelstone. Tan, I guess you're with me. Because Tan, as awesome as you are, I don't think we like work well together with not getting caught. So <laughs> we're, we're, just, we're just, we're just, too, we're just, we're just too tall. It, everyone here is just tall racist. That's true. Two, and then two, uh, what do you, you like forge together are probably going to be scary enough on their yeah. own. They just don't uh, understand us. They don't understand. This is the question now of who gets Tomkin. He's looking at he looks at Vasa and he looks at Tin and he looks at Tom and he looks at Vasa and he looks at Tin. Boy squad, roll out. Oh he's like boys club and he kinda he's excited. (laughs) (laughs) Try not to try not to leave. I got them, don't worry. Question Meeting back here or meeting at the gates? I know it's a small Maybe meeting at the gates, Tompkins, so they don't see us going in and out because like they get suspicious. At least they used to. Yeah, like, isn't there a big sign that says where all the different districts are? Yep. We can meet at that key sign there, because that okay. seems like a natural meeting point. And then, if things get really terrible and people don't show up, then people will go outside the gate, poke Grandma, and we'll wake her up, uh, you know, next time. And she should have that spell where she can find someone with, based on... Because we all have a sheet of paper, right? Or like mm-hmm. a mundane object. Oh, that's true. That she's, we did. Like, she gave us like a attached little... to. Yeah. Little so she's out. our. So she's out of pocket, and she's really our. Did anyone get in trouble? Thing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's we'll a good idea. Her, so that's the excuse to go and wake her up and use her for that. Uh, Wait, a mundane item? Yeah, she gave each of us a mundane item. Like she I gave don't us remember. <laughs> Everyone you just give me something. Just just take one from her now while she's napping. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, what what constitutes a mundane item? And Tompkins runs over there real quick and he pulls out her exfoliation book and gives it to Tin. Oh no! No 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 no! Oh, no. this is too. No no no! But she'll know what's missing. No, she'll know what's missing. She'll she'll look for it. No, she might wake up and start looking for it. But she'll cast the spell and look for it. If you take just a piece of paper, she might know that piece of paper is missing. Like, she has to know what to look for, doesn't she? Can we at least leave her a note to tell her why the book is suddenly gone from her arm? That's smart, Tompkins. Yeah. I didn't go that far. Wait, are, so we're giving the book to the person who's most likely to be kidnapped? <laughs> no, I think... Cause no, I know give it to I you. You don't have anything, Tompkins says. Yeah, you don't yeah. have anything, Tin. We all have something. Oh. Yeah. Okay. What? Where was I? You were in jail, <laughs> in the cellar. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, Roberto doesn't have anything either. Yeah. <laughs> 
Because we'll kill you if you took her. T- so yeah, we would go gun. through maybe. Take her one of her shoes. I take one of Ertlebee's socks and stuff it in underneath my fez. Tin takes the book. Okay. Her Vasa... wrinkly foot curls up. <laughs> Vasa rips out a page from the book, writes in it, um, Grandmother, we have gone into the city to look for the items. We should be back soon. However, in the event that none of us return uh, upon the second evening, we have you have Brummelstone and I's tracking papers. Tin has your book, and Roberto has your sock. <laughs> and then Vasa just kind of stops writing there because she doesn't know how to follow up after that sentence. She's just like, <laughs> she just lifts little, little Ertobi's hand in. and folds it and puts it under little Ertobi's hand. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Tompkins leads the way because he's excited to get into the town. So you walk back. It takes you a little while because you guys had kind of gone a little. Uh, further away from the city than you needed to in order to get some privacy but you do make it back over there uh you check in with the guards and after a little bit of talking and explaining that you fell asleep on the page or whatever you want to say to them they let you through without pretty much any problem um they do take your names down i give a fake name they ask you to write it down for them i write aluminum aluminum okay uh I, I read Brummelstone because he just couldn't think of one that was clever. Oh, me, yeah, me either. Or I like the idea that you would like switch it slightly, like Brummel Rock. <laughs> Brummel Rock, okay. I, I, and yeah, our boys does the same thing. He doesn't think of anything fast enough, so he just okay. writes like a big X. <clears throat> they don't seem to care that you wrote it with an X. Um, and then Vasa, what do you write? Yeah, Vasa just writes um, like Reska, R E S K A. Okay, and that sticks out uh, to you, Rumblestone. And wh- who's intel? What's everyone's intelligence? Low. Uh, I have a sixteen oh. plus three. Two. Not high enough. Seven. <laughs> fourteen. Okay. Mine's actually a fourteen. Sorry, I. So fifteen and above, uh, Rumblestone. You would realize that um, when they're writing their names, like the guards don't care what your names are, which leads you to believe that it's not what they write down that's important. It's the fact that they wrote it down. Mm. It seems to matter. We'll start with uh, Brummelstone and Roberto and Tompkins. So you're kind of walking through the streets. Um, do you know what? Let's see. There's the Armory District, the Workbench District, the Apparel District, and the Travel District. Which do you think you want to hit up? I would ask. I don't know. Tompkins doesn't seem like a source. Before maybe we leave, could I talk to Tin? Would you sure. have any knowledge on that? I don't know, Pedro. Do I have any knowledge of that? You can roll an intelligence check. Okay. 18. 18. Um, You would tell him that the most likely place to get into the underground would probably be the travel district, because that's where all the ins and people are coming in and out of the town. So it makes sense to you that like people probably aren't doing a lot of uh, talking in the apparel district. About underground uh, business. <laughs> okay, Tin turns to Brumblestone. Check out the travel district. Well, maybe we can hit up different taverns in the same district, but... It's true. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the town is big enough that it's not like we're going to be on the same... On the, the end of the same block. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think it's kind of like a... Trying to narrow it down with the best guess, uh, just because it's a big city, so probably spending our time wisely in the most likely place at first would be good. Yeah, so you both both groups travel to that district and kind of look around and you find uh two uh 
locations that kind of catch your eye. One of you can go to the Everlasting Keg, and the other group can go to the Trusty Tavern. Who's going where? I'm going to just say for Vasa, she's probably going to want to go to the Everlasting Keg. So she's probably <laughs> dragging me in that direction. All yeah, right. I don't, I don't even think it would be an option. She's, yeah. <laughs> as soon as you got like Everlasting <laughs> Keg, it's like Vasa would, would have like been like, mine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> Brummelstone, Roberto, and Tompkins, you head off to the Trusty Tavern. Trusty Tavern is a quaint little building. They keep uh, fine curtains in the window that kind of give it a a home aesthetic. When you walk in, they have uh, a lot of mugs that hang around the uh, above the the bar itself. You know, like the uh, where the actual bartender is. It looks very classy. Those mugs are never used. <laughs> they're in perpetual uh, stasis in order to give it a nice, clean, homely look. Uh, there's a large fireplace uh, with a collection of large, comfy chairs. Um, the whole place is just very relaxed. Um, and Tompkins kind of looks around and doesn't find it familiar at all, so he kind of pulls back and lets you guys take the lead. So, Brummelstone would um, order three drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of look for, like, a table maybe further away. Sure. And then, essentially, he would spend some time, um, because he is observant, that's mm-hmm. his, um, one of his feats, uh, he, he gives him, he would, like, be looking for people he saw that maybe he can recognize have some sort of magical item on them. Um, mm-hmm. And then he... Part of observant is he's able to read lips, so just kind of like trying to check in on conversations, opposed to approaching them. Like he figures that's a better way because he's going to find some people that are more like, "All right, I'm heading out. Do you want to come along?" Or you know, like this is you know, like, "Oh, this is Steve. We just met." And then the plan would be maybe to kind of like follow back, Mm -hmm. and if he sees anyone, so he can at least get an area of where it is. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You spend maybe, what, half hour kind of surveying the area. So as you're watching people talk and kind of listening in, a lot of it's just casual conversation. And what are you going to do now that we're here? Where do you want to shop? What do we want to hit up? Um, but you do fall across someone who's like, well, look, I know. Like by reading lips, you, you, you see them basically say, like, I know it's a long shot, but I really, really want to talk to Iso because I've got some business I need to conduct. And the person that he's talking to is like, look, um, I know he's roaming around 500 gold. I'll get you a meeting with him in a half hour. And the guy's like, absolutely. And he immediately brandishes a pouch and slides it over. And the guy says, I mean, is that 500 gold? And he's like, and he pulls it back and then <laughs> kind of counts. He's hoping that it would look cool enough. <laughs> that they would just like business would happen, but um, my kind of adventure. As, as he counts, as he counts the coin, he is surprised to find out it's not enough. So he adds some more coin to it, and it becomes a lot more uh, dragged out than it needed to be because he was hoping again he could just whoosh, flourish find, a bag yeah. and it looked awesome. <laughs> Brush um, your shoulders once, off. Yeah, once the coin's properly accounted for, uh, he gets up and leaves. The this, the other individual. Should we follow him? And Tom, follow Tompkins kind of leans over and he's like, "What are you doing?" Um, you're watching that guy. Yes. What they say? 
Yeah. Like Tompkins is staring hard at him. Yeah. Like while he's Tompkins. leaning over to you. Yeah. He, so Brummelson would have catch that and been like, first off, Tompkins. Yeah. A little more casual. Bring, bring it in. Bring it in. Yeah. Okay. Second what off, now? What now? We're going to follow him. We're going to go for it. Because. You going to follow the other guy? Yes. And. Oh, okay. Hold on. Not maybe my smartest move. Uh, Brummelstone knows that like the sooner we get this done, the sooner we can move through stuff. So he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna. So I was gonna tell. T- I'm, I'm contemplating. The guy's almost Tompkins. outside the building. Yeah. So we're gonna go. We'll follow him. We're gonna follow him casually. So I tell Tompkins and Roberto to be cool. This guy looks like maybe we have contacts and we can use our in with Claiborne. Hopefully get in, but at least maybe find this guy. Are uh, we following the guy who gave the money or the guy who received the money? The guy who is who receives the money because he's going to set up the contact. And even okay. if we don't find the guy necessarily, we can at least find ideally a building that we can start at. Sure, sure. Um, and then, you know, since we know they're at the keg, the everlasting keg, mm-hmm. I tell Tompkins if there's ever trouble, or actually I tell. Roberto, if it gets hairy at all, bolt to the to the keg. Like, okay. Don't don't Tom try to stay laughs. back. You're the fastest. You're the fastest between us, and you need to get the others here. Okay. So if shit hits the fan. That's the plan. Yeah. Tompkins, you know, like you block me. You're my shield because I don't I don't have any. Oh armor. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then, absolutely. And then I will just rain hell on them until the group comes like that's the battle plan if if shit goes hairy but we're mm-hmm. really at this point hopefully just trying to get a building first and all before right. we all go in so let's get some stealth checks yeah my favorite acting casual i've i i it's been a while since i played so i take my decks and i add my <laughs> I add my modifier, then I add my proficiency, right? Yeah, yeah. 17. Awesome. Um, Brummelstone? 10, which is about as stealthy as Brummelstone gets. All right. Oh, wait, no, I fucked up. I fucked up. It's 19. Okay. Uh, So you and Tompkins, you kind of fall into the shadows, man. You are... You're one with the knight, which means that you both are comfortable helping Brummelstone correct his course. Uh, <laughs> I like to think that it's Brummelstone is just keeps pulling Tompkins. Like Brummelstone thinks he's correcting Tompkins, and Tompkins <laughs> is correcting Brummelstone, yeah, and yeah. Roberto's correcting them both. <laughs> like, Actually, Tom, Tompkins got a higher role than Roberto, so oh, whoa, nice. yeah, See, that's even better. Halfling like, power. <laughs> all right so yeah you uh follow him without him noticing you at all and he's he doesn't know you're there obviously and he's not really trying to take some kind of sneaky path to a hidden organization he just walks about 20 minutes away he makes his way to a place called the everlasting keg and uh <laughs> wow <laughs> Guys, we did it. <laughs> Nailed Got it. Got him. <laughs> nice. You guys came and you have just kind of been observing, trying to piece together the kind of riffraff and street rats that come into the area. And um, before you have a chance to really make your move, the door opens. And first off, it's nothing special. People have been going in and out. That's fine. But the door opening that you're most concerned about is a very uh, sly, slick, and stealthy 
Brummelstone, Roberto, and Tompkins walking in. How long we were? How long were we at? Were we at this tavern? You've probably been there for about, I think, fifty minutes. Okay. Uh, and now they're kind of walking in, like, like I don't know if Brummelstone and Roberto uh, change their pace, but Tompkins is still in like full stealth mode. He's kind of looking low. He's got. He doesn't have a hood, but he does have um, a shirt. Pop his collar. They, well, he doesn't have really a collar either. Is the problem? But he does pull it up a little bit. Like, hey, what's going on? I'm nobody. You didn't see me. He's just kind of being yeah. real cool and casual. But he's also unnaturally stealthy <laughs> this time around. So people aren't <laughs> really seeing him. Um, I like the idea that just no one's looking down. Pretty <laughs> much, yeah. He's he's he's, 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 ta- like- <laughs> he's unwittingly taking advantage of his lack of height. But yeah, they come in and they've got their eyes on one of the patrons that just walked in. So yeah, I would break contact with the. Uh, and like look for Vasa and like meet eyes and like look over at the guy. Yeah, Vasa's eyes track over to the guy and she just kind of like raises her mug to take a sip, but when she does, she kind of like dips like a very subtle nod. Mm-hmm. And then she would um, very quietly sort of nudge Tin and also kind of Tink. yeah at the at the person. What does that person look like? The person that walked in has pulled back. Um, kind of gingerish hair, but with like fanciful streaks of blonde as well, like purposefully. Um, they're wearing uh, beautiful um, silk clothing. They're wearing robes that kind of just flow across the ground. They don't seem to, even though he's kind of walked through the streets and been in two different taverns now, it doesn't seem to be attracting any dirt. It's really pretty much soft blues and uh, light whites and he's a little bit of jewelry that hangs off of his wrist and his neck and he comes into the area and he's immediately approaching another individual who's like in the corner and he's you can't really see him he's got his back to you while um a small group of very rich very um noble looking individuals are having a hearty laugh over whatever it is he's saying and the person leans forward and whispers to him and uh he kind of stands up and he has a little bit of a flourish with his hands and he says something that the rest of them kind of cheer on and he takes a pouch uh vasa you see it nobody else really does he takes a pouch from the individual that just walked up and kind of automatically pulls it out as if it was his pouch. It's like very sleek. And he pulls out a pile of coins and then he lovingly stacks them pretty high, like as tall as a, a, a mug. And he again flourishes towards them and they all throw their mugs up. Some of the ale kind of goes flying all over and they celebrate him and he starts to walk away. Uh, but he's kind of walking along the edge of the tavern and you're still not getting a great look at him. Are the two of them staying together? The, the yep, like, they're both staying together. In? Yep, and, and they're, they're both, both walking kind of... out. What um, what what are Brummelson and Roberto and Tompkins doing? Tompkins got his eye on him. Like he's basically like he he took a chair somewhere. He's left Brummelstone and Roberto uh, a few feet away. Um, he sits down and he kind of puts his shield up and then leans on it and then kind of gets low, but also holds up a menu. And the great stealth roll that he made has been used up. Because <laughs> he's hiding behind his shield while using a menu to hide his face, staring at him. But they don't seem to notice him, so... So, Bromosan would have, like, depending on how busy it was, if it was busy enough, he would have tried to, like, slink over to the table to get... to tell everybody what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it's not that busy, then he would order a beer. As, no, it's and, pretty... It's know. packed in here. This is... Okay. This is yeah, the more he, successful tavern. Aww. <laughs> I still trust that other tavern. So yeah, I would inform them that like we were at the 
we were at the tavern and that guy, you know, like eavesdropping in on our conversation, that he apparently knows where the district is or is connected into that. He someone bought a meeting with him in like thirty minutes or in a whatever shortly. So we followed him to see where he was. And quickly outside the game, uh, Wesley fast forwarded the entire fucking situation because he has a feat called observant. So he was basically just able to listen in on all the conversations by reading lips. Yeah. Wow. Um, so we basically <laughs> learned that the guy who just did the slate of hand was the. Um, they probably both ex- know. Yeah, um, would be yeah. Brummelstone's guess, but definitely this other guy seems to be the one. What Brummelstone relays to you is that the individual trying to it was trying to buy passage into something, probably by Brummelstone's guess, this district, and mm-hmm. the only way he can get in is by speaking to this individual. So now we need to speak to this individual. Ah. And that's where Rumblestone would be like. And Tompkins rolls up and he's like, hot take, they're heading out. Yeah, we should go fault. We should tail them. Can we just approach them and be like, hey, what's up? I would say, like, let's tail them, see if we can get the way, if we can catch the hint of how to get to the district for free. Otherwise, if they catch us, then we'll, we'll, then we'll show our cards and, you know, yeah, face them head Hopefully, on. this would be one of the associates of Claiborne. We could use that information, even though we don't necessarily know it. Yeah. You know. So what are we doing? Are we going to sneak them or are we going to talk So we're going to sneak them, but if they catch us, we'll say that we were guided here uh, by a certain Claiborne that says, you know, there's a, there's connections here to goods that maybe not everybody's looking for. All right. Stealth checks. Nice. Ooh, what happened? Uh, I got a 12. 19. 16. Ahem. <clears throat> Natural oh. one. Uh, which plus which plus seven makes an eight. Alright. <laughs> so you guys slow-mo walk cool. outside. Um <laughs> you've got your cloaks flapping in the wind. You start to spread apart in order to take advantage of the shadows, but then you kind of get nervous because maybe you guys shouldn't split up. You're a wreck. Um oh, no. <laughs> there's not enough people with us uh, high enough roles to even make it look like this is gonna be a successful venture. Um as you guys are walking down the streets, the two of them stop and the one you've been waiting to see um turns around and starts to approach you. Uh with a sly grin and a look in his eyes that says he's about to tell you exactly what you want to hear. The man approaches the group. Jewels laced with thick gold make up his necklace, from which hangs a beautiful, unknowably smooth ruby. His gold lace shawl that reaches just above his elbow shines as he walks, and the jingles of his various rings and earrings make him impossible not to notice, even if you were blinded by the rest of his outfit. He is a man in his 50s, desperately trying to live in his 30s. And uh, he walks up to you, and he kind of looks you over, and um, he says, uh, How may I be helping you tonight? Hello. Brummelstone would reach out and he goes, you must be Iso. And he um, delicately offers his hand to you uh, for a handshake that you know um, is going to matter. Like the way you shake his hand is going to dictate the rest of this conversation by the way he holds it out in a very elegant manner. Roll for handshake. (laughs) Can Vasa step forward to also help the handshake? To also even like maybe slip in for the handshake? Brummelstone would yet like pull his hand out of his cloak and look over at Vasa, who would hopefully just, like, push. (laughs) 
Because I imagine Brummelstone probably always has just slightly sweaty palms. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what Vasa would do is like she would take that split second of Brummelstone very visibly being awkward about the handshake to sort of like roll her eyes expressively, step forward smoothly, and slip in for like a also like a firm but graceful handshake. And I don't know if I can roll slate of hand, um, try to palm him just two gold coins. Oh, you don't have to roll for that. Okay. Here's what really throws you off. The handshake that you're doing is probably a handshake you've done a thousand times, right? In your previous line of work? Yeah. He matches you, like, second by second. Like, you've shook this kind of hand before. Like, the mannerisms and everything match up with your previous life. There's something in the back of your mind that almost disturbs you with the familiarity of this handshake. And um, he kind of nods, and he does not take your coin. But he Mm -hmm. smiles and gives you a look that's like, You've de- you- you're doing this right. And Vasa's eyebrows also go up kind of smoothly, and she says in like a kind of a low, slow, impressed, and also kind of like pleased to meet you. Way like, oh, Iso. How may I help you? Well, I think. Uh, well, my friends and I are here on adventuring the- business. Oh, adventuring, absolutely. But we he's were looking here at the, shopping He's looking for- at the guns and all the weapons. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the fez. Vasa laughs it off, but she's like, yeah, we were told that you were the man to see for maybe not the most obvious goods that the city has to provide. And he smiles, and who would that be? Uh, and then Vasa kind of like turns over to look at Bromostone. Uh, like who told us? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, y- yes, my boy, I'd like to know who has sent you my way. Uh, Claiborne. And then his eyes kind of, he kind of steps back and just, which is just me doing like, the blinking oh. gift that I love so much. But <laughs> And the boss is like, oh yeah, that was her name, Claiborne. And he says, really? And where, where is Miss Claiborne? I do so miss her. Almost I would say, she, we last saw her in this city, you know. Well, there's more of a story there than you're letting on. You don't just see Claiborne in a city somewhere. No, no, no. I was just say, uh, we met, we met, uh, Miss Claiborne on one of our airborne adventures and one of those, what are those ships called that fly in the air? Airship? Airships. Yeah, those. We saw, we met her on one of those adventures and she actually joined us for quite a long time. She did say, though, that she couldn't continue on us with our adventure. There is... Far more conversation than these streets will bear. If you'll allow me to head to my previous engagement, I would love a chance to speak with all of you right afterwards. Oh, wonderful. I'd love to see. Come with me to the trusty tavern, uh, and I will visit your table as soon as I'm done with uh, whatever I'm going to deal with once I walk in. I hope they have good drink. They don't. And with that, he kind of turns around and uh, <laughs> uh, quickly walks away. And um, yeah, Vasa, you would know to give him some space yeah, so yeah. he can go do his walk and then approach him. But like your hand still almost tingles with that handshake. Vasa's feeling a huge wave of nostalgia. If she didn't have a point of inspiration, she's close to getting it. Just like, <laughs> um. And Tompkins walks up and he's like, so you two are doing all right. Vasa tries to kick Tompkins. <laughs> um, <laughs> then Vasa would sort of, she doesn't even bother looking to see where they head. Um, she just looks at Tompkins. Uh, Bromosa says, you know where the trusted tavern is, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah we just right. came from there. 
Yeah. Tompkins says that's true. (laughs) Thank you, Tompkins. Mm -hmm. Then we'll we'll head on over. Give him a bit of time. Yeah. 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 Um, At that point, Brummelstone might be like, you're going to do most of the talking, so... Tin, you should probably tell her everything you know about Cog and like give her some talking points, right? <laughs> I just imagine Tin's like <laughs> it all started <laughs> so many years ago. <laughs> Brief history of Cog. Why do I even need to know the history? I don't need to pretend to be some kind of Cogian. And you, you um anyone that wants to can roll an intelligence check on that too during this conversation. Why not? I was well, not getting lower than a three, so that's always I got an 11. 7. Oh, 5. <laughs> 4, 3, 2, 1. 18. Mm, mm, mm. 10. Uh, 10 will, like, lightly nudge Vasa and very quietly say it's like, uh, which uh, I had hoped we had had time to talk this over, but, like, uh, in the guise of, like, her, I'm, like, kind of like her bodyguard or, like, thug. And I'm just kind of, like, escorting her around. So, basically, if she doesn't know, she could just kind of, like, pass it off to me and, like, I would help her with any information. But you said you wrote an 18, 10? Oh, actually, sorry. I, it wasn't it wasn't a 16. It was a 19. So, I actually rolled a 21. Nice. So, um, you noticed that, like, he kind of cut the conversation off when Vasa said something that kind of alluded to the idea that you guys were not from here. Like, that's what got his attention. He was like, oh, well, these streets could not contain our conversation. Like, whatever he said, you know. So, maybe he's he not may from not need either. to be convinced that you're all uh. from COG. Oh. Tin relays that message. <laughs> Honestly, if he needed a backstory, we could just say that we are a group of hired, hired uh, arms, essentially, to protect this utterly incompetent yet adventurous hobbit over here on his adventures. Uh-huh. And that I'm he's traveling... The one with the shield. Shut up, Tompkins. Mm-hmm. And he's traveling to supposedly find some old relative who's going to give him a lot of money, and then he's going to give us the money when we guide him there safely. Tin shrugs and goes ahead with it, but she's upset that she doesn't get to use her, like, cool sleuthing abilities. <laughs> pat Tompkins on the head. It's okay, she doesn't mean that. He kind of, he's he's back. Um, so you give him enough space to walk, and um, then you head into the trusty tavern as well, take seats, get drinks, while he speaks with somebody whom, I don't know, are you eavesdropping, are you observing Brummelstone? If I, if I can. Yeah. You know, just to pick up, just in case there's like, I'd like it to be, if there's a record of, uh, if he tells that guy one thing and us another, just to note it. The conversation starts with the uh, individual who wants to buy his way into whatever's going on. Um, he says, it is an honor to meet one of the heads of the hearth. And he just, he kind of nods and hands it, uh, sticks, you know, offers his hand and the guy grabs it and just shakes it hard. Like, it's such an honor. I'm so excited to be here. And he's like, mm-hmm, yes, thank you. And he kind of slowly pulls his hand away in disgust. Um, that conversation lasts about five minutes, um, with, Iso uh, letting him know, well, the, as you may have heard, here's the thing. If you have not heard, then you weren't ready to come here in the first place. Uh, entry into the Arcane District is a thousand gold ahead. 
Uh, luckily, you don't seem to have any friends, so the price is going to start and end at a thousand gold. Do you have the gold? And he's like, I, I, I don't have the gold just to get in. And he's like, if you don't have the gold for entry, you certainly don't have the gold to window shop. Thank you. And he just stares at him. Like his hands are lightly folded in front of him on the table. And he, his head doesn't move. His eyes don't move. He's just kind of frozen with his eyebrows arched, waiting for this gentleman to realize how much he's insulted him. And once the gentleman does, he kind of stands up and shuffles around and he looks like he's going to say something. And he looks at the, the pouch that's hanging off of his, uh, off of Iso's, uh, belt. But doesn't say anything and walks away. By the way, um, when 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 it says that Vasa comes with like a thieves dialogue, a super secret thief language, yeah, is that? Yeah, is that? Do I know that that's universal, or was it just like the thieves can't for my local city? Um, that one's kind of tricky, but it's it's basically universal. Like, if you don't know the words, you pick them up really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like um I don't know how familiar you are with the way that um like certain uh, criminal elements of the lower class of like England used to speak. Mm-hmm. They would use a lot of slang and stuff like that and mm-hmm. they'd be like Good day, well, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> I'd like to apologize to all the walkie talkies from England who are now insulted by this. <laughs> Please don't stop listening. We're sorry. Um, (laughs) But they have a way of speaking about things that people who are listening in. So basically, if Brummelstone were to watch you speak with somebody else um, in Mm -hmm. Thieves' Can't, he would Mm -hmm. never know that you were talking about the warehouse over on the dock that you're about to go uh, absolutely fucking destroy at 12.03 p.m. tonight. Or Mm -hmm. 3 a.m. tonight. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they're going to take their dog for a walk. Yeah, the next you, you know how to. You, yeah, yeah, you know how to hide your conversation. You know the proper slang, all that kind of stuff. So, given enough time in the right element here, you'll pick it up like real fast. But, mm-hmm. yep. So, um, with that, he gets up, and uh, his associate wanders off and goes and gets a drink and does his own thing. But uh, Iso comes back to your table, and he's like, I'm so sorry that uh, had your time wasted, we could have gotten to business a lot faster. So, again, how can I help you? Assuming that Brummelstone was kind of quickly relaying the information that he's picking up, does does Tin know anything about the Arcane District? The Arcane District is... uh, You don't know a lot. It's an underground... Um, district of the uh, merchant city of Hollum. What you would know is this, is that um, after the Mages' War, magic is not welcome through most of COG. So the idea of having like magical item shops out in the open, that's the kind of stuff that happens in a kind of wayward city like Coastin, which is off the grid from everybody and has like uh, vital assets that the rest of the world needs, like the jump rail, they get away with having a magic item shop. And even their arcane district is off to the side and you kind of have to know where to go. Like it's visible, you can find it, but it's not, it's a little off the beaten path. Uh, the merchant city of Hollum, there's always been rumors that they deal with it, but it's the equivalent of like illegal arms trading. They if it exists, it's pr- it's pretty well guarded. 
You would also know by hearing that he's the head of the hearth. That's the council that advises the master of the merchant house. So, like, this is, like, about as high as you can get in the city. He's one of, like, the top government officials. Uh, him and the rest of the council have the ear of the master of the merchant uh, city of Hollem. Vasa would have, despite the warnings that the that the ale wasn't good, she would have uh, tried one. Yeah. Just, just. And yeah, um, when... you're used to subpar ale. I know, but it still makes her sad. <laughs> um, so, she, so when when the the man does he sit? Does he stand? What does he do? Yeah. So he approaches, and then he um he kind of uh puts his hand out and kind of physically asks if he may sit. He waits for an invitation. And then uh, Vasa sort of lowers the mug and she says, oh, please, please. And she sort of grabs the back of the chair and pulls it out for him. Oh, and and he... she also raises a hand towards the bartender with a silent sort of like as if he, she might order for him if he mm-hmm. wanted some. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he says, thank you, and puts his hand up. And then um, he lets you seat him. So uh, I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, what business did you have with Claiborne? Vasa looks over, sort of bounces her eyebrows as if she has like a scandalous story. She's like, oh, what business indeed. And she looks towards Brummelstone. Uh, Tompkins says they used to date. It's really awkward. I wouldn't bring it up a lot. And (laughs) Iso's just, (laughs) oh, really? (laughs) Well, good for her. Yeah, it's really gross. Can we just... You seem to have some sort of, um, Contempt for for someone as wonderful as Claiborne. What? Oh, I mean, she's a wonderful person. And Tom is like, it's his brother. He's handling it really bad. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Aso kind of just nods. Was just like, "Mm," you know, as if she's kind of like Tarkin showed up. But then she just goes. She kind of more looks towards. She's like, yes, Claiborne was fascinating. One of the bravest souls I had ever encountered. But I must say, as amazing as it was to meet her, head of the hearth, this is a new high for me, good sir. I, I appreciate uh, the way you're handling this conversation. He kind of laughs and he says, uh, <sighs> yes, we, the heads of the hearth have a uh, very important uh, role in this city. Each one of us manages a different district. Uh, we're responsible for a lot of the trades that come in, a lot of the deals that are pursued, and uh, generally, uh, <laughs> the city would be nothing without us. So, uh, and he kind of nods and uh, thinks to himself for a minute, and he says, um, "But I believe that if Claiborne sent you, you either have something very unique to offer me, or you have something even more unique to obtain." Vasa, Vasa nods, and she just kind of, she leans her back, and she just says, Well, I am fairly confident that, monetarily-wise, we couldn't nearly compensate for what we're seeking. And, frankly, I don't know if we can even afford the privilege of your time, but... Nonsense. Just to, but in an effort to, you know, at least make your time here with us a little more worthwhile, perhaps we at least have a good story to share with you. He nods. Mm-hmm. And then um, Vasa sort of launches into like a little bit of a theatrical retelling of of their adventures. Like she just says, "Well, first she opens with first, 
We? This is, this is not even my world. No, I suspected not. Hmm. And then, uh, and Vasa nods, of course, as if she's like, she's like, yeah, of course you would know that. And then Vasa sort of says, like, my companions and I are, have been chosen to find certain, and then she kind of trusts, like, by the way, how have your dreams been of late? Well, when you sleep on satin such as I, every dream is a privilege. And then he kind of looks over and he's like, um, he's looking at Tin now and he says, what, what are you here for? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tin, Tin's kind of pulling her usual, like, until she gets a feel of the thing. She's, she's been quiet this whole time and, um, she kind of feels like this dude, like, obviously outclasses and probably will outsmart her, so she always feels like it's best to be a quote-unquote straight shooter. (laughs) Um, So she'll say, we're looking to obtain anti-magic protection. Are you heading back to the flats? Now, you would know that the flats are the homelands of the mages. So if if I didn't tell you before, uh, the way it works is the mages' war ended when the kingdom of Kadim was literally shattered. There was some sort of insane arcane explosion that blew apart the lands and left large land masses frozen in time. So when you travel the flats, you're jumping from landmass to landmass. The entire area, because of what happened when a faction of mages betrayed uh, Kadim in, in order to end the war, they left the entire area absolutely riddled with anti-magic. Yet it's still the home of all magical uh, knowledge. How do they get around it? The way they get around it is that they have sort some sort of device that allows them to be exempt from the rules of anti-magic. So when he's talking about the flats... That's what he's talking about. The Forged were, you know, as you know, they were created by the Kingdom of Kadim, but most have never returned because they weren't created to be anything but weapons of uh, mass death. Um, Tin would signal to uh, the gun mm-hmm. that she has and say, I was sent on an important mission uh, by Nina the gunslinger master. And so, yes, I need to return to the flats where she is. We need to return there. And he kind of raises his eyebrow and he says, uh, you were sent by her and you need to go meet her? Because forgive me, I would rather us, uh, be honest. I know that happens to be her gun. And I also know that she would never let it out of her grasp. And so I respect your need uh, for privacy on this matter, but I I must ask, have have we have we lost her? Uh, a little gasoline tear trickles. Oh. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Everyone at the table is sad. It's just like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <except for> my- <laughs> ten. 
uh, Tin would say that if you are asking these questions and speculating, I believe that you perhaps know the answer yourself. What's important is that we do get to the flats. And he... You kind of like he he doesn't hide this at all. Uh, you see, he is taken aback. Like he didn't know. Like he wasn't playing some kind of like game where he was trying no, to figure out. No, you called him out. Good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he's not like offended by what you said. Um, he's just the knowledge that a gun. One of the masters has never died. Every single master on Cog is is the first. So the idea that one has finally passed is incredibly heavy news, no matter who you are. And so he kind of takes a step back and he says, I am truly sorry for your loss. This is unprecedented. So, and he looks at your weapon. He says, does this mean that you've taken up her mantle? Are you in fact one of the masters? Am I speaking to a master? Tin is just going to um, lean into the heaviness of the situation and she's going to remain silent and just nod very, very barely and just maintain eye contact with him. Are you trying to possibly convey that you are? Yes. I need a deception check. Oh. <gasps> <gasps> Master in training. Can Vasa, lend, can, can Vasa lend aid to her in any way to give her like at least not a disadvantage? If you can Garnet? throw out um, a descriptive way to do it, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, how would you? So, do it? so Vasa, oh, wait, I'm not at a, I'm not at disadvantage though, because yeah. I'm not exhausted. She's but, not exhausted. So would, okay, I'll give so advantage would, then. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, Vasa would lean over and rest a very sort of sympathetic hand on uh, Tin's shoulder and lean in to whisper, but almost like she didn't control her whisper enough so that it might catch anybody's ears. Mm-hmm. She just says like. You were chosen for this. You can do this. And just lean back. Advantage. Yep. Make an advantage. Aww, nice. Very nice. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, um, I got uh, 20. Uh, yeah, you beat him by one. <laughs> oh, my God. Damn. Nicely done. So he kind of nods and he says, um, you're returning to the flats? I need to finish whatever business she might have remaining. And then he stands up and he says, and it's my honor to provide for one of the masters. And he stands up and he says, uh, what you're looking for, as a forged, I imagine that you've not returned to your homelands. Uh, and I hope that you do not find it disrespectful for me to say that those are your homelands. I don't know a better term. But what you're looking for are the flat stones, the material that exists at the core of every landmass that the sorcerers and the arcane casters of the flats use to protect them from the very anti-magic that seals their lands. Those... I hope you know, I mean, you've already come to terms with the moral quandary of accepting these items. Yes. And he kind of nods and he says then, I humbly ask that you not ask for admission to the Arcane District, but I will certainly provide you with the items that you need. Uh, ten is still she's got like in her mind she's like oh well okay um but <laughs> on the outside she's, she's she's calm and collected and she goes 
I hope you understand that this is a matter of urgency. I'll get them immediately. I just need to know how many you need. How many of you need to be protected from the anti-magic? <laughs> it's like two, right? Two? Absolutely. Not the, uh, spirit would be like, just ask for three for the hell of it. Just ask for three. Oh, um, we could yeah, tell yeah. these later. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Lunch um, ten, ten will say um, three. Three. Okay. Then uh, where are you staying right now? Where are we staying right now? We flew in with a ship and we're leaving immediately as soon as we have the supplies. Then I'll, I'll have my servant provide them. If you would stay here, I can... It'll take me a few hours, but this tavern doesn't close. It needs all the business it can get. We'll be here. And he stands up and he, he offers his hand, hoping that you'll shake it, but he does not expect it. Tin will shake his hand and uh, kind of like gather that feeling of self-importance and trying to, even though she doesn't feel like a master. He follows your lead. Like, he's that adept to shaking hands with different people of different stations in life. That however you go, he matches you fairly well. Like, Vasa, you can see that he's trying, though. It's not like Mm -hmm. you can tell that when he's shaking your hand, he's kind of feeling her out and getting it. So you can appreciate the kind of uh, work, the finesse that goes into it. But it's not like when he shook your hand, because he shook your hand as anybody from where you're from would shake your hand mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but he shakes your hand he says thank you I it was a pleasure meeting you the moment you need something and you're back in the area please ask for ask for me my name is Isa if you don't remember and I hope I wish you well on your journey and with that he kind of hurries off um, Vasa waits for him to disappear out of the building before like nudging Tin Hard and be like, "Well done, Tin." <laughs> yeah. And then she's, and then she's like, "Let me like, get you're you some." You're a really good liar. Let me get you some <laughs> drinks. And then she like snaps her awesome. finger in the air for the bartender to yeah. like bring over around for the table. So, question: Tin, Tin is kind of bashful for the first time. She's like, e- <laughs> "Well, so did you actually know what the moral quandary is?" No. <laughs> okay. I mean, no. You but you really can roll intelligence because... check and try to figure out if you want to, or would you rather not know? Uh, I, yeah, I think um, <laughs> Tin's gonna kind of analyze the situation and be like, "Is there anything that I didn't understand what he's saying?" And then she's gonna, <laughs> yeah, try and mull her. Okay. okay, let me. Oh, not that good. Say, no, wait. Um, yeah, I mean, I I got a seven, so oh, total. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Who knows, right? It's called yeah, blissful right? ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, I'm sure everything will be fine. Yeah. What uh, could go wrong? What could go wrong? I like I like Masa just kind of is kind of just so happy with the amount of gold that that they theoretically saved or even potentially earned by what they could sell. That she just like she just keeps like clapping, shaking tin on the back, and like, come on, drink, drink, <laughs> oh, you earned it. Like, do you realize what you've just pulled off? And just really just having a good time. Nice. I feel uh, if there's ever a quiet moment, yeah, it would be. Yeah. Uh, Brumblestone would do the same where you would like tapped over Tin and he's like, you did a great job. <laughs> if Tin could bless, she would. Uh, and then Brumblestone's <laughs> spending time like looking around and making sure like he's, he's slightly suspicious of other patrons in the tavern at the shower. And he's just making sure like he's not getting caught off guard. It's also like super out of his element and he doesn't trust it. So he's just he's kind of like. He's just being suspicious and like 
checking on the, you know, like checking other people's lips and making sure they're not just like, so when we jump them and stab them, right, and right. Take all the <laughs> no, everything <laughs> checks. Um, I mean, everyone sounds like they're drinking. It's about another two hours before anything happens. And Tompkins himself is pretty wasted and excited. Nice. And he's just super happy. And he's like, I can't believe that you got one over on. Like, Spot the clamps a ha- hand over Tompkins' mouth and be like, you're talking too loud. Oh. <laughs> That's enough drinks for you. No, 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 no. Roberto goes over to Tin and goes, Forge five, yeah. And then um yeah, just but he's just I guess. Like Tom is super excited, like it's just I mean like for real. Like Yeah, no, absolutely Tom people. What? They murder people if they find Who? out that you're screwing with them. Like, <gasps> yo, like, yo, I'm, we're not talking you, about this right now. No, no, we can talk I'm about it later. Like, no, I know. We we know. I, it's like, totally and they cool. hate me. So, like, the idea that you didn't have to name drop me is like amazing. Like, because Wait, they would murder all of us. They know you already. And yeah, like I. I did bad things here a long time ago. Like, I mean, it was super cool for me. But what did you do? I. It was. They probably don't remember. I don't know how long it's been, but like I. I I ran off with the master's daughter and. Oh. And he kind uh, of like he looks like he's not really he's not understanding what he's saying. He's just kind of babbling, and he's like, they wanted to like sell like they had gotten like the the mechanics for for like gunpowder and firearms and they were like the ones that brought it all together and they were going to sell them and oh. um you know Eleanor thought that was terrible and the two of us ran off cuz we didn't want to be a part of it anymore oh. and then Which i don't master? know what happened the master of the city Which? like oh, it wasn't oh. a city back then but like is it was bad news. Like, they murdered people back then, huh. and that was back, like, when they had to worry about staying in the good graces of the gnomes, let alone now, where, like, they control everything. Like, in- we gotta keep it quiet. Vasa leans, like, like her face is, like, inches away from Tompkins, us. and she grabs his cheeks, and he's like, listen to me. Yeah. Your name, your name is Bindo. Do you understand? <laughs> no, it's not. It's stupid. Vasa clamps in her cheeks. <laughs> Your name is Bindo. Your name is Bindo. Say it. Say it back to me. Your name say is it, Bindo. She, say it back to me. Say it. Ah. And then and then Vasa's hands drop from his cheeks to his neck, and then she kind of like looks at the group. And she's like, "We don't need him. We don't. We have tin. We don't." Brummelstone would say, "Oh my Rumble. god, is this okay. what she gets like when she's drunk?" <laughs> like the hand tightens a little yeah. bit. Brummelstone might like try to scoop him up and be like, maybe we need to use the bathroom, buddy. (laughs) And push him out of there and into the... Brummy, once I start, I don't stop. So you're going to have to hang out with me for a while and you guys wander off. (laughs) So he's like from inside the stall. He's like, do you think that Tin's going to be able to keep her mouth shut? Oh my god. I only hope so. (laughs) Yeah. On the outside, Voss is like, I don't have to kill him. I just need him to be unconscious. Like I know how to make him unconscious. And Vas is like saying this to Tin. She's like, he could he could just be out for the entire rest of this day. Like we don't need him to be conscious. 
Um, but I'm very curious because, like, I mean, he may be drunk, but some of the things he said. I mean, so, can I? Um, I would like to go to the bartender. Yeah. Um, the moment Roberto stands up, Boss is like, "I'm going with you." Oh, okay. and they're no, kind of like I'm, watching Roberto. No, 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 I'm I'm not drunk or anything. I want to go up to the bartender. So there's no is, bearing on why Boss go, is going with me. Yeah, go to the bar. Uh, who do I, uh, the bartender is. What does he look like? Uh, bartender is short and grumpy and hairy, and he's just like a a big fluffy bear of a man. Oh, he looks grumpy. Um, hello. But as sir. soon as he sees you, like he, his his face lightens up, and all of a sudden he's like, oh. "Well, good, good. Um, not good day yet. It's still night, but how oh. can I help?" You? He's like super cheerful and hello, it's sir. Fucking weird. Um, can you hook us up with uh two mugs of your finest, please? Yeah, and then I gets to work. Yeah, and also um, I'm wondering what, how well, but do you how well do you know your history of this of your fine home? Oh, I'm a bartender. I have to know the whole thing. All right. Um, I was wondering if do you know how do you know how well do you know the leaders of the of this city? Oh, like the, the master? The masters, yes. I mean, I know as much as... I mean, I probably know more than somebody else. I mean, wh- wh- why? I mean, like, do I go have drinks with them? He has never come down no. to this district. No, I just heard a name, and I'm wondering if you could date it for me. Yeah. Like, okay, so did any of the masters have a daughter named Eleanor? Oh, man. You know your history better, and I know my history probably. Drop a name like Eleanor. Eleanor is... That's legendary, man. What? Can you... Oh, we'd like to hear this legend. She was supposed to be the... uh, As the story goes, she was supposed to be the uh, first um, woman to run the House of Hollow. That was a long time ago. Back when they say that that the gnomes were with us. Um, How long hmm? exactly? Jeez, I mean... Thousand years, I'd say. Maybe longer. No, it's gotta be longer than that. I actually. So the thing I'm I'm terrible at is numbers. Oh, that's that's um, totally I know fine. You're doing I great. Know the numbers. Um, You're doing great. That's is, awesome. It's either thousand or thousands. This. It's a long time ago. I mean, they're talking a long, Ooh. long time ago. And yeah, she was supposed to be the first, uh, the the first merchant uh, master. Um, because back then there used to be a whole bunch of different merchant houses, mm-hmm. and um, Hollum kind of one if you know what i'm saying yeah um but yeah there is there's a lot of uh there's a lot of thought out there that um holland would have been a much different uh entity if she had taken control but uh, what what happened she disappeared one night she didn't want to take over um Something, I mean, I don't know, like that. I mean, um, the story says that she never agreed with her father, and uh, there was some sort of issue that Hollum was going to uh, unleash. Uh, no one really knows what it was, but they were ready to move forward in a different direction. I know they uh, had lost the support of the gnomes over it, but I don't know what it was about. Um, but she ran off, and no one ever saw her again. It was very mysterious. Yeah, uh, Vasa at this point grabs Roberto's shoulder and says, and kind of pops. She's like, oh, that's a fascinating story. And then she grabs the well, two thank you. Like, yeah. And then he yeah, kind of just pushes the tip jar forward a little bit. 
Yeah, and Vasa goes ahead and drops uh, two <laughs> silver in there yeah. before taking the two mugs and sort of like forcefully elbowing Roberto back to the table. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, I like was awesome. that he was a, he's a history student. Like the local college. <laughs> <laughs> I got everything. Do, I got everything I need for my essay. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that is fucking. What? The yeah, fuck? Tompkins is as old. Uh, Bindo is as old as dirt. Yeah, we, we've known this. <laughs> so then all yeah, of a sudden, like, like to, uh, Tompkins is pounding on the door where you're at, uh, Brummelstone. Yeah, push him back. Okay. Ah. So can I, are you, can I go towards the bathroom and be like yeah. stand in the line or, or pretend like there's no line, it's just Brummelstone reading a book. Oh squatting <laughs> in front of the I door. I would be well I would be inside. Like, oh, it'd be inside, okay. Inside. Yeah. okay. And then I would be trying to talk him down, especially away from Tin. Yeah. So, so like maybe about other things just so he sounds like a drunk rambling Sure, but, sure. But yeah, you hear Brummelstone working on uh Tompkins. Okay. Working on it. I guess we're waiting for Iso yep. to come back at this point. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, well, Iso doesn't, but his assistant does, and his assistant is just very brief. Comes in, um, nods specifically to Tin, kind of a bow, and then um, looks around and he says, "Do not open these in here." And he lays down uh, a small case with two locks on them, and then he hands the key to Tin and just quietly walks away. Um, the moment that happens, Vasa would wait for the, the servant to leave the building before sort of like standing up and being like, uh, Brummelstone, we're leaving. Oh, wait, he's in the bathroom. I'll go get him. Yeah. So, yeah, you head to the bathroom and um, Tompkins has worked into the crying phase <laughs> of um, his drunken uh, night of excitement. Where he he's just talking about how much he misses her. Um, you're not really sure who he's talking about. You could probably make a guess, but he's just like, mm. I just, I don't understand, and I, I don't know, and I maybe I shouldn't have taken her, but. Rolson does. I pick up. does this like pick up, yeah, <laughs> and like it's it's a pick up hug at the uh-huh. same time, and you can't. He's trying to look tough and trying to like. Like, oh, I'm manly carrying Tompkins mm. out. I'm like, sorry about uh, my drunk friend. But you can see a tear because he relates to the missing <laughs> of yeah. is actually pretty upset that Va- the Tompkins is now making a scene as far as she's concerned. And she just says, uh, keep drinking, Tompkins, keep drinking. And she tries to make Tompkins like glug more of the mug. And he, he takes the ale and he tries to drink it while kind of half upside down. Um, it's like, it's, I just don't know why she had to get sick. And then he kind of just finally starts to kind of pass out a bit. And there's just, like, snot rolling down his nose. I'm going to take uh, you home. Tin, <laughs> yeah, Tin would probably, like, make sure to kind of say loudly enough if... I don't know, she's paranoid. She would make sure to say loudly enough as, uh, he's too drunk. Let's go. Yeah. It's no fun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll... And lead the... <laughs> yeah. Brummelstone, are you carrying him? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Where are you heading? Where are we headed? Straight out to Ertle Hill. We're gonna wait for <laughs> Gideon. Gideon there. I'm not yeah. Gideon. Uh, the up on Ertle Hill. Yeah. Up yeah. On Hill. Yeah. Um, I think if we can get some more sleeping in, Tompkins yeah. needs obviously yeah. needs a rest. <laughs> yeah. All right. Also, so, uh, so Tin is holding the chest and the key. Vasa's mm-hmm. um going to be watching her like a hawk for any potential pickpockets. Like she is not Tin- letting anybody near. Tin. Yeah, Tin, uh, as soon as they're out of the building, she slips Vasa the key to hold on to. 
that's not the key that's important is the chest contents. We can always break open the chest. Well, Theoretically. Really <laughs> Tim likes to feel important sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to, I was just going to say, I was like, I, this doesn't matter the key. Um, but yeah. I like the idea of like me thinking that the key is the important part. <laughs> yeah. like, you're going to need to, you're going to want to watch that. If um, we, yeah, I would say we like invert, like Brumblestone might walk in the front since he has dark vision. And like, mm-hmm. if we get Roberto to walk behind Voss on the side. Well, they have, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's legit. But they also have like torchlight everywhere. Like they have yeah, beautiful yeah. lamps. Yeah. Yeah. Brumblestone, if you don't want to carry Tompkins, I can just tie him to me. I can't carry the shield, Tompkins, but I can but carry, I can carry you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is that a reference uh, to? It's oh. a police academy. Oh. Yeah. Five. It's a rare. No one watches that far into the series, but the joke is solid. <laughs> it's Lord of the Rings. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just assume everything that I don't understand is Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Mr. Tompkins. I can't carry the memories, Tompkins, but I can carry. Brumblestone <laughs> <laughs> feels like a kinship in that moment, where it's where you know, like he kind of writes off Tompkins occasionally as as buffoonish or. You know, he was a little mad at Tompkins for just, like, blurting out things, but he appreciates, like, mm-hmm. his honesty. I mean, yeah. yep. So you get back to the gate, and um, when you get to the gate, the guards are uh, kind of checking you out, talking, asking how your um, your journey was. Uh, what do you have to declare? Vasa uh, pats the unconscious Tompkins on the back of a, of a Master of He just says... One incredibly inebriated uh, halfling and about seven gallons of ale inside of him. It just kind of like gives a playful wink. Sure, sure. Uh, go ahead and empty your bags for me, please. Uh, so Vasa... We col- I mean, if you don't know, we collect taxes on the way out. So. I mean, Vasa's like, yeah, sure, we didn't buy anything. Nope. And okay. she opens up her backpack. The key actually was tucked in with yeah. the shard. Even if he saw it, he wouldn't even know. Um, So he goes through your stuff, and he says, so all this is accounted for? And you open up everything you've got? Pretty pretty much. um, You know, like, just rations, chalk, a whistle. Just nothing that looks like it was bought recently. Does he see the shard? Uh, The shard's in a small little pouch. That's under her clothing. That's under her clothing. Uh, Brumblestone? Yeah, he would open it up. He would gently lay down Tompkins. Show him whatever he had on him. Roberto? Um, I just I look through my backpack. Um, gra- looks up, you know, a bunch of adventurer stuff, grappling hook, um, crowbar. Do you, do you like, even have any of that stuff anymore? Oh yeah, no, I bought <laughs> I bought stuff with Voss's money. Uh, okay. Yeah, and um, it's not nothing. My bagpipes. Yeah. I just. Aww. I mean, do you want me to go through my whole list? Nope, nope. I just, I just need to know if you're offering to show him everything. Yeah, yeah. All right. I so and now, then, but I, I sadly noticed the, the lack of uh, cat in my backpack. Aww, Aww but and you have a turtle. And then, Tur- um, turtles in my hat. Oh, does he check the, under my hat? No. Okay. Um, and then they come over and they say, uh, when they see Tin, they say, uh, we understand that you're not going to release your weapon. That's understandable. Please place your bags on the ground. So Tin, uh, noticing their intimidate or noticing that they're nervous around her, she actually, um, since it's, uh, it's locked and they can't get into it anyway, um, 
she just puts everything down and kind of like plays into the hoity-toity or like intimidating gunslinger gunslinger um yeah Ness. All right. So they go, they find your bag. They kind of go through that a little bit. They find the case and they say, can you open this for us? Uh, word that I could, but it came in with me. I'm just charged with taking it out. I kind of look. I really need, so you can't open it? Ma'am? Listen, all you're going to find in there is gun parts, so. But so you could open it then. Ma'am? Can intimidate, you... intimidate. <laughs> ten, ten, ten is just like, listen, I said what it is. It's, it came in with me. We didn't purchase anything. We just came here for a good time. I was showing my friends the city. You've held us up enough, don't you think? All right, make an intimidation check. Yeah. <sighs> it's a natural one. No. <laughs> you used all your time. Do you have inspiration? Do you have inspiration? <laughs> um, let me see. I don't think I do. Oh, it's true. I think no, we... I don't. <sighs> Go ahead and open the case, please. <gasps> Where, real quick, sure. where are we meeting? Where are we meeting, uh, what's his face? Outside the city. Where exactly? Okay. No, like um, he'll probably come looking for you, so he'll probably find you on Ertle Hill. No. Okay. Right, or? Jane? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, Vasa just says, like, oh, okay. gentlemen, you're, you're welcome to try to open the case. She's not lying. She can't open it, and she was just entrusted with its protection. Like, you're welcome to try to open it. We've tried. Is it is that true you can't open it? Tin uh <laughs> feels like she's kind of out uh out lied herself tonight, so she yeah, she's um It's technically she true she doesn't have the key. Yeah. Yeah. I mean uh, she's like you can check my bags. I don't have the key. <sighs> if we can't see what's inside of it, we're gonna have to make up a tax. And then Vasa's shoulder slumps. She's like, oh, come on. We already spent so much gold at the tavern. Well, the fact of the matter is, I, and I, I apologize, but I don't believe you, ma'am. Because you have been really trying not to answer the question till now. So you either need to open up the case so we can see what's inside and then pay taxes like normal. Or we'll make up a price and you'll have to pay whatever we call. We'll pay the tax. And then Vasa's like, whoa, 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 we can't pay the tax. We don't even know if we're going to get reimbursed once we deliver it. Like, wh- how much is the tax anyways? So, Tin will kind of snap. Reska, I'm done waiting here. We need to get out. We'll just pay the nice these nice men uh, the tax. And then Vasa, like, she goes back cash. She's like, oh, all right. And then obviously defers to Tin. She's like, Psh. And then Tin turns back to them as, uh, all right. What's your what's your tax? One hundred gold. And Vasa just like coughs, just like come on, like a really whiny sort of like come on. Unless you open the case, I'm sure that there's nothing in there that's worth a hundred gold by this by the way you're acting. Better not. And then Vasa just kind of like this better be some valuable stuff. 
that you've got. Um, and she's sort of like being really impudent and uh, impudent to Tin, sort of like that, sort of really whining and taking her time about it. <laughs> and then Vasa will look to Tin again and be like, do I have to? Do we have to? Tin, and Tomkin starts uh, to wake no up. One... He's like, what seems to be the problem, guys? And then oh Vasa's like, oh. Yeah, that boss is like, oh, fine, fine. The moment she senses that Tompkins like, fine, yeah. fine. And then she rummages out. Like, she she gets out, like, 100 gold, and she gives it to the, whoa, to the whoa, guard. Whoa, whoa, What, did you guys get arrested? <laughs> she gives it to the guard. She's like, there Officers. you go. All right, officer. This and time, then, picking him back up <laughs> and, like, trying to, like, start the walk off. Like, let's yeah. walk it off, buddy. And then uh, before you leave, they say, one last question. Where are you going? Isn't it, like, probably dawn at this point? Or no? Uh, it could be close to dawn. Maybe, like, an hour before dawn. He always I wanted told... to see the sunrise. <laughs> I told them that the Roll sunrise over the check. ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and then Vasa would like to give advantage to Tin by being like... No, Brumblestone has to. Oh, Brumblestone. Yeah. Oh. He's like, I always want to see the sunrise. Can Vasa give... Oh, shit. No, holy shit. Don't even need it. He really wants to see that sunrise. Fun, the best fucking like sunrise ever. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah. So they, they get out of your way. They have you scratch your names off of the uh, board that they had. And they say, well, they, 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 we needed your names again. What are your names? X. Ruska. Aluminum. From Morocco. So you notice uh, they give you like a tool, like not a pen, but like a tool to scratch your name. They just put a just put a slash through it. And when you do, the ink breaks, and there's a kind of like this soft glow, and it fades away. Would we assume that it's magic, or could I tell? You that can it was tell magic? that it's yeah, it's a little awesome. bit of magic, which is also kind of weird because the magic isn't cool. Yeah, yeah, like Brumblestone would walk far enough away and would mutter to himself like "fucking hypocrites." This whole time. <laughs> <laughs> this whole no magic. Oh, everything's magical. Science is real. Alright, yeah, you wander off to Ertle Hill, comfortably rest in the sands. I'm not sure what you're doing at this point. Tompkins kind of lets himself fall off and starts to, like, kind of bury himself in the sand a little, like, to try and get a blanket going. But he's out, Classic. pretty much. Bossa yeah. helps bury him. Yeah, yeah. Almost <laughs> done would tuck him in, rub his little head. Make little sand, <laughs> sand boobs. Bossa kicks, kicks sand over his head. <laughs> Tin, Tin would place the case down and kind of look over at Vasa and say, um, I'd rather make sure that what we have is what they told us they gave us. Mm. And Vasa nods and she, as she comes over. She also says, uh, best be returning grandmother her book and her sock. <laughs> but yes, yeah, she'll take out the key and she'll also scan the horizon everywhere. Just check if there's anybody visible. No, you're good. And then. Yeah, and then um, she'll just beckon for Tin to stand closer to sort of obscure the view. Because, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Is it going to shoot out a beam mm-hmm. of black light? We don't know. And she'll take out the key, and she'll turn it, and then she'll very carefully just open the lid a, a peak. Not fully open it, just a peak. Mm-hmm. See if anything happens. Nope. Okay. And then at arm's length, Vasa slowly lifts the chest up to reveal the contents. Yep. So inside the case is a kind of a soft clothy almost spongy substance that um they have carved out little notches and placed these items in there are three different necklaces each one has a a beautiful wooden backing and then a small um kind of limish green 
um with like a little like almost like a uh translucent um exoskeleton around the uh, almost like kind of like a marble kind of substance and there's there's three of these they sit on uh thick beautiful leather cords that are properly tied together so you can easily slide them in and out so that you can adjust to your liking um and yeah it's three necklaces three pendants rather could i do like an arcana check and just like look at them and see if i could understand them mm-hmm. oh i got a 10 it's pretty. Can Vasa roll for an arcana check since she does have some history smuggling arcanist things? Yep. 15. There's something maybe about the translucent um, shell that it sits in that, that kind of showcases it's especially exotic. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it wouldn't really know too much else. Can Tin do a check to see if she... <laughs> sure. Everybody, gather around, <laughs> gather around. Vasa does comment that she says, like, I bet. The tax alone would be far beyond what we could afford on this. We got them for a steal. And then Vasa, Vasa's like, imagine what we could sell this for. And then she like loses like an unsteady giggle. <laughs> and then she's a little high on the... <laughs> I, got a, I got an 18. What check are you making? I made an arcana check. Yeah, it's the substance of the, uh, the core of the land masses and the flats. So this mismaterial, whatever whatever happened during the explosion that ended the war, it kind of created this new substance that anchors your, your magical core and helps extend it a little bit and protect you from the influences. And seeing them, you'd also know something else. These are the items that are fashioned and given to those that are trusted with the secrets of magic. These stones have been worked. They have been fashioned into beautiful jewelry. Without these pendants, practitioners of magic don't function in the flats. So the idea that somebody would willingly sell their stones is not plausible at all. Oh my god, these are dead people stones. Putting together the moral quandary. Yep. (laughs) Sorry, they're what? Are you sharing it with the group? Yeah. Let's just say these stones had previous owners. No. Boss is like, sounds fair. If that's the case, it sounds like it's a good thing we got three, Master Dwarf. Could have had four. Imagine the money. Mm. I bet he could have given us his left nut if we asked for it. He was so in love with you, Tin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tin, you might not want to show your face in this town for a little bit. <laughs> As the... The sheer significance and expense of these uh, these pendants sinks in, and Rasa realizes the sheer amount of gold <laughs> that they essentially conned the head of one of the, I guess, crime organizations out of. Vasa would just kind of like have a slow building laugh. <laughs> it's just like kind of, it just kind of grows inside of her as a realization. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like really good, and then she's just, she's just like, oh, it's so I love this city. This is just <laughs> the best. Tin, you are welcome to join me in when when this is all over. You're welcome to join my group. Do you realize? I mean, I just oh, they're gonna love this back home. Oh, this is this is I. I bested the head of Hollem. Yeah, yeah, and she's just like, she's just having a very good moment right now. Anyways, Tin is bored of this, and she wants to, <laughs> she wants to make sure everyone starts sleeping. Um, 
so that we can try and up our rest and be prepared for the battle. So she picks up one of the pendants, hands it to Roberto, um, before giving full control to him. Not necessarily treating him like a kid or anything, but she goes, Roberto, this is very important. Please uh, keep mm-hmm. keep hold of it. Yes. Thank and make you. sure you don't lose it, or else we're fucked. Well, and then at Got that it. point, Tompkins kind of reaches his hand out for one. Mm. Tompkins, unfortunately, it's got to go to the people who need it the most. If he's if he's drunk enough, this is where like Rumblestone would pick up an equal sized rock in the sand and hand it to him. Yeah, there he's you like, go, Tompkins. Well, <laughs> he's like, I can't wear that, and he's like, but my shield will be useless if we go in the fields. Then. Everything on my shield fades away. I will wait. Oh. Does anyone You'll, else in the... Oh. It'll still Who be a shield. I don't want to lose this. Tompkins is kind of throwing something out there that maybe you had not considered. I don't know if you did or not, mm-hmm. but you might not yeah. have considered anything magical gets shut down. Like the Obviously, you want Tin and Roberto mm-hmm. to stand up, but um, everything's getting shut down that's I mean, magical. Tom, because yeah. I can totally well, carry that shield for you while we're into thing. I mean, I'll give it he back. He kind of looks up and he says, please, I can't lose it. And he looks, like, really sad. Tin um, has a moment and she's, like, kneeling by Tom. She kneels by Tompkins, like, in the sand with his little sand boobies. Mm. And uh, she just, like, she pats him and she goes, uh, we'll be sure to take care of it. And you will all get out of here. But I believe that if magic is not usable in these fields. We need to give the third to Brummelstone. He's like, just carry my shield. I can't lose her again. And then he kind of passes out. Oh, the shield's Eleanor. Oh, it's Eleanor. Okay. Yeah, I would, if I, I would take the shield and say, I will guard it with my life, Tom. And then, yeah, Tin would give the third, the third pendant to Brummelstone. Rumblestone feels no joy in wearing Dead Man's jewelry. He understands. When you put on the pendant, you notice, you can kind of feel its energy spread out and kind of wrap around you and your equipment. All right, so um, after a gainful uh, amount of rest, you all wake up. You're fine. Um, No more exhaustion. Tompkins is still out, but when you wake up, you see he's kind of stirring. like He's kind of like fidgeting and kind of sounds upset. Vasa just reaches out and tweaks his ear really hard. And then he kind of screams and wakes up and he's like, oh, what? And then she's like, don't you dare have nightmares. He's just staring at you and he's like, I did have a nightmare. Thank you for being concerned. Luckily I didn't die You're welcome for waking you up then, huh, Tompkins? It's weird because like I've woken people up before, but I've never made them like pay for the act. It's really weird. And he kind of stands up and brushes the sand off with a little more sass than you expected from him in the morning. And Vasquez is like, nothing's ever free, Tompkins. Brummelstone would, yeah. If Brummelstone had some water, he'd offer it to Tompkins. <laughs> it's like, thank you, Brummy. <laughs> it looks at Vasa. Vasa, in return, leans over to her board and is like, I think he's trying to steal your brother. And then she just nods and goes back to her work. You can have him. <laughs> oh, used goods. <laughs> used goods. Oh. Damn, we're still salty. Yeah, so you spent maybe another two hours or so 
um, getting your stuff together, having breakfast, maybe if you have any food with you. Vasa's more like, well, we have some time to kill before the the, ca- the gambler gets here. Let's go to the beach, guys. <gasps> yes. <laughs> Just then, you can hear the low uh, descent. <laughs> <laughs> As, uh, <laughs> uh, rising up over the tree line, um, you can see the gambler start to make its way towards you guys. Um, there are ropes that are lowered for you to climb up, and it gets close enough that um, you can now... You don't have to make a jump for the ropes. You can just reach up to them. Um, just give me some climb checks, and you're good. Some uh, athletics, I think it is. So, oh dexterity, God. right? <laughs> Uh, well, no, you know no if only. Uh, actually, it's Vasa strength. is now proficient in athletics, Hell so yeah. you can suck at game mechanics. <laughs> 21. Oh. I got a 4. I got, a, I got an 8. <laughs> I got a 10. Wow. <laughs> you watch as Roberto, uh, Tompkins, um... And uh, Tin <laughs> are just climbing their way up the ropes. The rest of you start to climb when there's a little bit of trouble. Um, there's a signal, and then they start pulling the ropes up. Purblestone <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> doesn't even try. He just stands and holds the rope, waiting to do the badass. <laughs> what? And then it's like, like a grappling. Like, starts pulling, and he's like running behind. He's like, okay, now it's a good time. <laughs> one day, Vasa will beat up all the ropes. Um, yeah, so one way or another, you all make your ascent, and um, there are a couple dwarves that are helping with the ropes. But they're not looking at you guys. The moment you're on deck, they walk away and get back to work. Um, the captain looks pretty bloodshot. Um, he looks ragged like he hasn't slept. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so he welcomes you back on the ship and he says, uh, did you get what you need? Uh, Vasa steps forward and she's like, yes, captain. Thank you for returning for us. Um. Haven't you slept? No, I had my crew sleep, but I couldn't get much sleep myself. Didn't feel right. And he turns around and um, he says, uh, make yourselves comfortable. We'll be there before you know it. Don't go to sleep. And he walks away. So you have a rather, unless you guys are uh, instigating some RP, you have a rather uneventful um, couple days as you make your way uh back into the clouds and over several uh, different inter- semi-interesting land masses uh, as one sees on the way through a road trip. Um, I'm sure there's like some cool hills or some shit, but the important part is that you have made it uh, three days over a fuck ton of land that you would have had to have slogged through, fought through, uh, and tried to find a way to survive without sleeping. And um, you find yourselves on the outskirts of a rather ominous-looking field. Um, the hills of the plains are pretty subtle, and you do see the random smattering of um, this uh, unique kind of flower uh, that I believe, Tin, you knew what it was right away? Yeah, I I remember you mentioning this flower, but, yeah. like, it, meta... No, no, me, uh, it know. kind of... Uh, it it's always swaying even when the wind's not there which gives it the name the dancing lily uh wilds um mm-hmm. it's kind of a uh, white 
uh, flower, kind of flimsy looking, and it's peppered with streaks of purple. Um, and it kind of just is always swaying. It's so fragile that it takes almost no effort from the winds to make it kind of dance and uh, go back and forth. So um, scattered amongst these for a while are broken, half-shattered bodies of things that probably used to be the forged. They were in battle. A lot of them look like they were um, defeated. There are some that are a little bit more put together, but they are also just shut down completely. And uh, once you get a little bit close to the area, the ship kind of automatically dips down and the captain emerges again. And uh, he says, this is it. This is what you want. But are we positioned over the center of the field or... or... Actually... Uh, He's yeah. like, I can put you in the center of the field, but I'd rather not. I don't know what's in there. Um, Vasa would beckon Tompkins over to the edge of the ship and be like, Tompkins, can you see where we need to be from here? And he kind of trottles over and he looks over the side. Way out there. And he points to like a small uh, cave. Barely noticeable. He's like, that's it. We'll go inside there and we're good to go. And Vasa looks to the cat and says, is there any way you can get us even a little closer to that cave? Honestly, there was probably a point where I could. The crew is not willing to fly over such a desecrated land. Fair enough. We've already asked very much from you. You see his eyes kind of squint and kind of dab a little bit. And he's like, it's just all those poor souls. You said there were cog monsters there as well? Someone or something went down there and uh, where magic used to lace these creatures' bodies, uh, they did some work on them and supposedly, I mean, they're not them anymore. They're something else completely, but um, supposedly they, there's contraptions down there that basically run off of uh, steam and gears now. I mean... I don't want to get too weird, but he looks at Tin and reports to him. He's like, there's nothing on the inside for you guys as far as I know. You're all magic and stuff, but things down there hollowed them out, scraped all the magic off, and uh, made them up into something else. I would give him a hug. He's kind of walking away. He doesn't want anything like that. I would, like, follow him awkwardly <laughs> and then <laughs> do the awkward hug from behind. And he's... Uh, Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for all your help. Thank you, Captain. Good night. And he kind of wanders off. He's like, you got about five minutes. All right, let's uh, get yeah, off let's, the ship. Let's, let's get off. Yep. They lower you down, and the moment you're all touching the ground, it takes off. Thanks for listening to episode 52, The Most Dangerous Bluff. You can always find us on Twitter at WorldRockersPod, Facebook.com slash WorldRockersPod, Twitch.tv slash Pedro Galicia, P-E-D-R-O-G-A-L-I-C-I-A. And you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. A big thanks to all our Patreon supporters for making this and every other episode possible. If you'd like to get your hands on exclusive episodes, early access, and more, Check us out at patreon.com slash worldwalkers. The music from this episode comes from Kevin McLeod. You can find his work at incomitech.com. 
The sound effects come from Sirenscape, which you can find at sirenscape.com. I feel like we're going to be heading into a massive, massive battle, so I'm kind of like, I don't know. What do you guys feel? Um, On one hand, uh, though the battles are kind of weighted to, re- to reflect the amount of participating members we have, so I don't think we'd, we would fight <laughs> unless Pedro... No, that's fair. That's fair. I don't. I actually never subtract the the numbers off battles, even if you guys miss people. Okay, guys, we're gonna wait till next week for Olivia to join us. I like it when you test the mic. You make sure there's a lot of bass, and then you go back to using it as normal. Yeah, because I just gotta make sure. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just want to make sure it works on my mouth. (laughs) Sorry to interrupt. I think Jane's about to get murdered. And she's like, it's okay, I just got a D&D. Like, your yeah. pri- her priorities. I'm just going to D&D until I get murdered. So, yeah. <laughs> so your, your priorities. It's my dedication this entire time. It's like, I can't believe Jane died in the last game. It's like, oh, Jane? You mean Vasa? No. No, no, Jane died. no we have video proof. No. We're taking it to police. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Taking player deaths to a whole new level. Yeah. <laughs> when you die in the game, you die for real. Wow. When you die in real life, you die in the game, bro. Timekeeping is a little more prevalent in Rollum, where you're from, uh, Vasa. Um, you would have studied the concept, obviously, Brummelstone. Where Borto, you definitely would have known when to ask Brummelstone what time it is. Yeah, um, I'm digital. <laughs> <laughs> you, you outshone my joke. Yes. That was, that was really good. I love the idea that it's like there's a scene of Brummelstone like laying by a campfire and like everyone's asleep and it's Enzo or uh, Roberto going off like an alarm clock and Brummelstone <laughs> smacking his head. <laughs> I want I want that wallpaper. I want that commission. Try not to like when you um if you don't mind me for a second. Try not to keep getting closer and closer to the mic. Oh, because when I edit, like your volume starts going like crazier and crazier when you have questions. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> the questions need to be heard. <laughs> yeah. Need to know the you depth. Just your... No, stop! You're doing it again. <laughs> okay, so um, <clears throat> just hang with us. Are we gonna just play without Jane? Maybe. Oh, here she Wait. comes. Oh. Oh, okay, cool. Man, perfect, perfect timing. timing. Oh my god, That's we all died. You get one. I can't yeah. believe that we all died. Stop. Right. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Finn uh, feels pretty pretty happy with herself that she she was expecting to have to steal, maim, fight, kill <laughs> to get these things. So she wasn't expecting literally to supposedly have them brought to her. So she is She's sitting pretty pleased. Nice. Uh, honestly, I don't usually say it, but like I, I wrote out several paths, and one of them was just an absolute fucking murder fest, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> we just and killed our way into the, We killed our way into the arcane sector and burned the city. <laughs> I spent three hours on fights just in case you guys went the other way. Oh, okay, gotcha. I was like, he opened a backpack and just fucking. <laughs> <fight>. <laughs> Get fucked in the face with inspiration, like, motherfucker. What do you have to declare? <laughs> ah! <laughs> and then, like, it's like two weeks later, and it's like, 
She was beautiful, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never forget that. Tin kind of takes a moment to, again, trying to play into this role, and she goes, uh, uh, what was her name? Oh, Reska, Reska, Reska. Reska? I'm sorry, Amber Alert. <laughs> what, you're gonna die of a tornado? What do you mean you're sorry? Fix it, help her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is not uh, an inconvenience, it's, actually- it's a duty. No, I meant like it's actually no. I mean like it's in it's different count. Like I literally will get messages for people in El Paso. Well, uh, yeah, they're not like, there uh, anymore. I need help your help. <laughs> <laughs> this took a sad turn. Wow. A sad turn. I don't like this. I don't like this. But it's actually really sad. Is like I've been getting a lot of these lately. Like well, it's because uh, the tornadoes. <laughs> <laughs> the tornadoes took my child. Oh my god. <laughs> Amber Jackson, last seen inside an F five. Yeah, Enzo. Should you Maybe. be should you be rewarded for missing games, Enzo? I don't think so. I'll tell you have a Friday night social life. I understand. <laughs> I don't know how they do things up in Canada, Canada, but down here we earn what we work for. <laughs> oh, damn. It's the American hey, we? way. We don't Socialized XP. Free. You earn that shit here. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. I'm- Ten. You are welcome to join me in. When when this is all over, you're welcome to join my group. Do you realize? I mean, I just oh, they're gonna love this back home. Oh, this is this is I I bested the head of Harlem. Yeah, yeah, and she's just like she's just having a very good moment right now. She's obviously not like. So you're offering her her. a chance to go back to where? Oh, back with her after this is all over. Like she kind of implies it. Like you're welcome to join me to where this is all over. She doesn't say where. She just says you're welcome to join. I was asking you outside a game. Oh, as in like Rollum. Because of what she did where? In the city of helping her basically steal thousands of golds away from (laughs) the head of whatever place city we just went to. It's legit. Do you remember the name of the city? (laughs) No. I think it was called I think it was called like Merchant House Merchant city of something, yeah. yeah. Um, Hang on, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Yep. What? <laughs> what? She said Harlem, right? I don't understand what's going on. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Anyways, Tin is bored of this, and she wants to. She wants to make sure everyone starts.